support the acquisition for the renovation, the, excuse me, the acquisition and renovation of a property to use for a permanent men's shelter. This will match the $3 million commitment made by the county executive in his executive budget that was released a short time ago. The property acquired, being acquired is at 4111 East Town Boulevard. It will cost about $1.3 million to purchase. Uh, a second adjacent property is also being uh, looked at for added space. And we selected this site after an extensive search by the city real estate division, which examined between 15 and 20 different properties that met the specified criteria, which included size, service by public transit, not immediately proximate to schools, and a whole, another few things on that list. This new facility, when it's finished, will provide a home for shelter services that have operated out of downtown churches for the past 35 years. That church space was generously donated by Grace Episcopal Church and overflow space when needed has been offered by St. John's Lutheran Church and First United Methodist Church. In recent years, these shelters have needed to serve as many as 175 men per night. And our community owes these institutions and Porchlight, the shelter operator, a debt of gratitude for the services they have offered to some of the most vulnerable members of our community. And I want to send special thanks to Reverend Jonathan Greiser of Grace Episcopal, Reverend Peter Beeson of St. John's, Reverend Mark Fowler, and Reverend Karen Andro of First United Methodist for their work in helping us to take care of our homeless population. The need for a more functional space has long been known. The existing spaces proved unable to provide safe shelter during the COVID-19 pandemic, which forced us as a community to turn temporarily to the Warner Park Community Recreation Center. But the need for a purpose-built shelter in Madison has been talked about for years, and now is the time for us to act. The appeal of this property acquisition is that it provides both a structure that can be fairly quickly converted to use as an overnight shelter and a site large enough to accommodate a broader array of services. Our ultimate goal is to develop a purpose-built shelter facility to support single homeless men. Our aim is to do more than just offer a place to sleep. It is to offer a full range of supports that can lead users to a more stable long-term housing. In other communities, we see successful efforts offering a range of services, including on-site help with employment. In Minneapolis and St. Paul, the facilities also provide temporary low-cost housing for men working low-wage jobs. And our task next is to build on the conversations that have already begun regarding the scope of services that we wish to provide. Those decisions, which will be made collaboratively by the city, the county, and other community stakeholders, 
will in turn determine the scale and design of a new facility. This property acquisition is intended to address the need for a permanent shelter, but unfortunately will not help us meet the immediate need for more shelter space this winter. That is a problem that city staff are working hard, again, in collaboration with the county and the community to solve. I'd like to acknowledge Alder Sambabalde, who is here. The new site is in his district. And then I'd like to turn it over to the county executive to say a few words. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. I appreciate your partnership. And I want to thank both the city and the county teams who have been working on this, Jim O'Keefe and company, and on the county side, Casey Becker and others, for all of the, the hard work that you've been putting in. It's much appreciated. Um, you know, our community works best when we all work together. And this is a perfect example of what can happen when people partner in the best interest of our community. Um, one great example of this um, it, over the past few years has been the Beacon Day Resource Center. Um, a partnership between the city, the county, United Way, Catholic Charities, and others who have come together to support um, homeless folks in our community during the day, not only with a place to stay, a warm place in the winter and a place to cool off in the summer, but a place where they can gather and have access to resources that they may need, be it for um, becoming rehoused, be it for um, you know, any kind of counseling they may need, et cetera. And so for us to be able to continue on that journey um, is extremely important. And you know, while sheltering is not the answer to addressing homelessness, it's certainly a very important part of the answer and part of a comprehensive approach um, to providing a path back from the streets. Um, for many folks, it's their first introduction to a system in which they can access the help they need to get back on their feet and off the streets. You know, while homelessness is endemic, there are also more people at risk now because of the punishing crush brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic and its ripple effects that we're feeling throughout the community. And we're certainly committed to continuing our efforts to be there for people in need and to work to address this very complicated and multifaceted issue that's, that, that's before us. Um, you know, as the mayor mentioned, we continue to, to, to work on this on many fronts. We're looking for this longer-term solution. We have to look toward this fall and this winter. As you know, we are currently um, sheltering close to 400 people in hotels throughout the city, um, trying to reach the most vulnerable um, members um, of the homeless community and, and make sure that we can do our best to keep them safe. The city, all the folks who work out at Warner Park and the folks on the north side have been great about helping our neighbors in need out there. So um, I'm really I'm excited to be able to enter into this partnership. This provides a great basis for the rest of the community to gather with us and to work on this, on this challenge before us. So I think with that, I'll close. And thank you again, Mayor, for your commitment and your hard work on this. And we'd be happy to answer any questions. Thanks. We also have Jim O'Keefe, who's the director of the Community Development Division here, who can answer more specific questions. Are there any questions about this? I understand you have some questions about Big Ten. We can take those at the end. That's a great question. This site, you know, there, there is probably no perfect site. 
but this site had the best combination of uh, what we needed and the availability in terms of the time frame. You know, there were other sites that we looked at that, um, you know, might have been preferable for other reasons, but they weren't available for a year or more. Um, you know, there are other sites that, that didn't fit the criteria in terms of size. So we really did look at a very broad range, and this ended up being the one that had the, the best mix of, again, both criteria and the time frame for availability. You know, the beacons downtown, um, the religious uh, communities that have hosted uh, people in need of housing or downtown largely, is that going to be a challenge at all to, to be out on the far east side? Well, it, one of the things that we were looking for was a site that would be very proximate to transit. Um, and as you know, the East Wash Corridor will be the future uh, bus rapid transit corridor. So I actually think that this site will be very well served by transit, and while certainly folks will be needing to take transit back and forth, I don't, I think that will, the transportation options at this site are actually greater than some of the other sites that we looked at. Well, as you know right now, um, there, are, there are no folks housed at Grace. Um, you know, we moved everybody either into hotels or into the Warner Park Center due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm referring to yes. Yep. So it's, it is our plan that we, that we do not have to return people um, to the churches. Um, it's, it's our preference to be able to find solutions that will allow folks to, I mean, we, we, I am assuming that the COVID-19 pandemic is not gonna go away anytime soon. And that we will need to be practicing physical distancing and other safety measures through at least next summer, if not all of next year. Um, and so we're gonna continue to provide shelters that allow that for our homeless community. Um, and eventually this shelter within approximately 12 to 18 months will be ready that we, so that we can move people into it. But I don't see us going back to the churches, um, hopefully ever. Yeah, so we've been working um, for weeks, if not months, on a wintertime solution. The, the challenge, of course, is that we, we do see increased numbers in wintertime, um, probably or potentially more than we can accommodate at the Warner Park Center right now. Um, so we are narrowing in on uh, options for wintertime, and I'm hopeful that we'll be able to announce something soon. Right now, the AEC is being used for, as you know, a number of other pandemic relief um, efforts, and we do need to hold um, the AEC 
um, as a potential site for a field hospital. That's been identified by the Army Corps and the, and, and the Guard. And so that's really not an option at this point. We, you know, we're, we're working with the city to, you know, try to explore where folks could go, but um, between the testing site and the flu clinics and second harvest and having to reserve space for a potential field hospital and other COVID-related, it, it just logistically wouldn't work out there at this time. Any other questions? You did have some questions My hope is that for everyone to recognize that the campus is part of our community and our community is part of the campus. And so what happens in our community affects the campus. What happens on campus affects our community. And what we have seen um, is that when folks are going to parties, um, we are getting higher rates of COVID-19 transmission. And what we know from you know, years of living in a college town is that football is an occasion for parties. So we're, we're hoping that the Big Ten will take into account what's going on in the communities around campus and around those stadiums as they're making their decisions. And I think it's, it, they can't just look at what's happening on campus or what's happening with the teams, right? It's very important to include the community as well. And to take into account as they're planning and scheduling what the impact is on communities and um, what happens when we mix. I mean, you can say what you want about the mixture of football and alcohol, but we know that the mixture of alcohol and coronavirus doesn't work. So we really need the Big Ten, the teams, the individual campuses to be responsible um, and to take into account the impact that, it, that their actions have on our communities. By the metrics being used by public health medicine in Dade County right now, would this football game scheduled for Friday go, go on? I think it's unlikely. Um, right now, our um, our metrics allow 25 people gathered outside and 10 people inside. So that would be hard to do a football game with that number of people. How vigilantly do the, the city, the county, the police, the sheriff's department, actually try to enforce those things when they're happening? Because then wouldn't that have to be applied to asking how's the Big Ten? The Big Ten's planning the event, but they're not going to be enforcing. Is it up to the city or county to enforce a penalty upon gatherings? Well, just to be clear, um, the lawyers tell us that Public Health Madison Dane County doesn't have jurisdiction over campus. I'm so. Like if someone has a, a wedding in a barn or uh, gets 10 pe 20 people to come over to their house, isn't, isn't that incumbent on the local authorities yes. to enforce? Yeah, that is our enforcement and we have been working. I will say that UW-Madison um, has worked with us to plan for both messaging as to why we need people to be responsible and what that means, um, but then also on uh, any potential enforcement actions. and. So we will continue um, to do what we can to enforce those limits. And in the meantime, 
just really encourage, so first of all, the Big Ten continued messaging from UW-Madison. We need folks to know that, yes, there will be football, but it is not an occasion to gather and to have parties, right? Is we cannot have people having more than 10 people who are, who are not in the same household together inside. And if they are coming together, those 10 people, they need to be wearing masks, and they need to be washing their hands, and they need to be maintaining their six foot of distance, right? So we just really need to emphasize that this is not a time to be having a tailgate. This is not a time to be having a football party. Please watch the game, cheer on the Badgers, but do it from your couch and do it with your friends, your, your family or your roommates that you're already living with. Um, the numbers of COVID-19 that we're seeing in our community are really disturbing and we need everybody's help in keeping them where they are, if not going downward uh, over time. Mayor, a follow-up on metrics. Aren't you asking the Big Ten to be looking at the positivity rate? This is beyond the standing order in terms of number of people for gathering, but aren't you wanting them to tweak their analysis to take in, uh, into account the positivity rate? Yes, absolutely, because again, the campus is the community and the community is the campus. There's no imaginary wall between Camp Randall and the rest of the city, right? So the positivity rate here in Madison and Dane County impacts UW. And what happens on campus impacts the rest of the community. So I do think it would be prudent for them to take into account what's happening in the communities around their stadiums. And currently, they're right. looking at the campus population, specifically yeah. those involved in, in any way, shape, or form. So I can't answer questions for the big time. Okay. But, yeah, but I, is there maybe one last question? All right, thank you very much. Appreciate you all coming.